This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Well, yesterday afternoon at a lovely little event, uh, yesterday morning in fact, uh, here at uh, Dunedin Community House, Brain Injury Association marked a milestone in the region, 15 years of serving the community. So we thought we'd touch base with uh, Cassie Matthews, Liaison Officer with Brain Injury Association, just to talk about that 15 years, uh, how it's been and, and where it's going. Uh, Morena, lovely to have you with us, Cathy. Thanks for coming in. Thank you very much, Jeff. Nice little gathering yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, very enjoyable, very enjoyable. The Brain Injury Association's origins, what can you tell us about 15 years ago? Well, the, the, um, 15 years ago, the, the Head Injury Society was in Otago, and they only um, had meetings. And there was a real need, and had always been a need for um, support and advocacy for the families. And I was on the head injury. Com- I had been on the head injury committee, and they didn't want to actually have to employ anyone. And so the Brain Injury Association had a national contract with the Ministry of Health, and so they approached Head Injury Society, and they decided that the Brain Injury Association would advertise, and they went through that process, um, and both were party to my appointment. And so I started off, and I was set up at home in my spare bedroom um, with a um, computer, (laughs) filing cabinet, some pamphlets, and a phone line, and off I went. Now, I actually knew what was required because um, having a family member with a brain injury and uh, I was always already a strong advocate for people with brain injuries and knowing that there was real gaps out there for people and they didn't know how to navigate the system. So, you know, for me, it was my dream job, 25 hours a week. So tell us a little bit more about that need. What's... And I don't suppose that need has changed over the years. Perhaps the number of um, families and individuals you've got associations with has no doubt changed. But you know, what in essence is this? Is the need that you're serving? The need, um, while the, the the issues are similar, I think the needs have increased and continue to increase. I mean, even recent changes with banks and and now landlines, you know, these all impact on people that really struggle cognitively. And for many of us, you know, we can, when there's a physical disability, and so with brain injury, it's not just um, physical, it can be cognitively and quite hidden disability. And, And so for that for the physical, you can often put in aids like walking, walking sticks and um, wheelchairs and things. But for the cognitive, it's a little bit harder and it's unseen and so people don't understand it. So they just presume. And for these people, they get very confused. They, you know, to, to look at a form is really just all a jumble to them. They can't make sense of it. And so there's no one out there to actually help them with these issues. So we help guide them um, and filling out forms and, and maybe advocating for them in certain situations. We help um, link them into other services. So if they have housing needs, say, and that's quite a problem at the moment, we don't actually find people's homes. Um, but we actually link them in with the right sort of services and, you know, a community social worker or whatever. So you pick up on a really interesting point, which I hadn't appreciated so much, and that is it's a fast-changing world, and a lot of the changes 
that uh, that many people just take as well that's just progress <laughs> can put real barriers in place for people who are used to to managing their life in a certain way. Yes, yeah, you're right there, Jeff. You know, COVID, in actual fact, um, and the lockdown for AM members, they said this is just like every day for us, and so they didn't they didn't struggle so much. Some some with mental health issues did. We kept close contact with them, but you know, the changes that COVID brought about. You know, we in, in, in um, the workplace have had to adapt and be able to do Zoom meetings and whatever else. Well, they, these things aren't necessarily available, and many people with um, cognitive issues will struggle using a cell phone, using an ATM machine. Um, you know, I've had people coming in already having to, to deal with, you know, no checks and banking and how do I do online banking? I can't I can't remember codes or anything like so that. But then I don't have the ability to articulate to do it um, on, on the phone either. So when you think back to 15 years ago and the resources that you had at your fingertips then, which by the sounds of it was your telephone, your computer and your filing cabinet in your bedroom, (laughs) where is the association now in terms of the resource that's on the ground? We have um, myself and I'm full-time and we have another liaison officer 12 hours a week as well as an administrator 12 hours a week. So we've got a really good team and um, a very strong board and it's really committed. We are based here in Community House, but we provide services across the province. Uh, I think a really good service. Um, I'm very proud of the service that we do provide. I think it's a really strong level. Of course, there will be always someone that we don't... we can't help to uh, to a point but there's always something we can do even if it's just to listen and I think in this world that we live in now so often people aren't given that time and for people that may struggle to express themselves <laughs> time is of the essence and for the people that you're working with you're dealing with a very wide range of of manifestations of whatever might be going on for them because brain injury can be can happen in all sorts of ways and to all sorts of degrees, right? Yes, yes. And we deal with both medical, which can be um, brain tumours, aneurysms, it can be neurotoxicity, uh, or it can be traumatic, motor vehicle uh, crash, uh, assaults, falls. Falls are the biggest cause. You will have worked with some, some great people over the time, um, and with any small organisation not for profit like this, it's really important that you've got a good relationship with your governing body and so forth. How are, How is the state of things with the trust and so forth at the moment? Yeah, no, in, in a good situation. We've actually came uh, came through COVID and, and um, I think our administrator is very on the ball and we've really worked hard together to keep it as a good functional organisation and we've got a, a really good base for going forward. Yeah, and growing. As an organisation, are you also involved in lobbying? I know that's the kind of thing which can sap a lot of energy, but are there, you know, does government, for example, need to hear more from brain injury associations around the country and I would I would say yes that that is definitely the issue um, time factor is a big thing we are all um, under resourced for time and I think but we are making headway with that we're starting to make headway what's the one thing that you would hope that those people who 
are not associated with the Brain Injury Association, who perhaps don't have direct knowledge of someone with a brain injury, what do you want the rest of the community to understand best? I, I, I just want them to understand that, um, you know, if, if you're standing beside somebody and they seem a bit confused or whatever, that uh, there, there could be a reason for it. It could be a brain injury, it could be dementia, it could be any reason at all, and to just be patient with people because when we snap at people, and if the world's got very, very fast, and that um, it actually stops them from functioning even more and, and to, to also be really aware that you know of their head and um, you know a, a bang on the head concussion if you need any help that the brain injury association's there how many individuals families are you associated with right now across the region well, uh, um, we have um, had 932 referrals over the over the um, 15 years. We work on an average with um, about 70 clients per month, and that's um, you it's know, a lot for a small team. It is because a lot of the the stuff that we do is really quite complex and can take. I mean, I can work with a client for a number of years, and then other people it can be quite short short term. And it's also about raising awareness and education out there in the community as well. So we have a good cross section in our, our role. We do a, um, a lot of work with the tertiary sector and 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 um, making sure that our future doctors and OTs and physios are aware of brain injury and how best to work with the client base. And you have a relationship in that regard, don't you? Yes. Uh, and yeah. tell us a little bit about that. So the relationship with the um, Friends of the Medical School has been going for a number of years. So every year I get 28 people um, with brain injuries of various sorts to talk with um, the med students. And so they all have a group of uh, 10, so it's 280 a year. And so they do that and they tell their story and they answer their questions. And it's, it's about the students learning firsthand what it's like and also seeing how, how it affects a person and also learning to hone their skills around interviewing. So that initiative is very much future-focused and I suppose part of this reflection on 15 years of service is looking to where, where you want to be in another 15. <laughs> <laughs> and what would you say about that? Well, in another 15 years, it'd be nice to have more staff <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, like to to be able to service um, the central Otago. The rural areas really need um, servicing. Um, we've had a lot of referrals from um, North Otago and central Otago, so we really need to be looking at how we can manage that. Currently, I travel and... Uh, it would be better to have someone maybe based there that, that's more able to do the education in the in the community as well. You, you take up in the Central Lakes District, you know, there's a lot of um, skiing and, and at-risk um, activities, and so it would be really good to have a, a, um, a focus up there. So fundraising and government lobbying, all that kind of thing is really, really key over, over the next little while, isn't it, to yes. make that kind of thing possible yeah. for your organisation? Definitely. Cathy, mm. well, look, congratulations on 15 years of wonderful service. So you've been there right from the start in this region. Um, I don't know whether you plan to be there in another 15 or not. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, thanks to you and the team for the great work you're doing. And, Thank you very uh, much, Thanks Jeff. for joining us on the Awesome Morning Show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.